0: Till Death Do Us Part is a lighthearted and sometimes satirical true crime podcast where we present our dysfunctional married take on serious cases involving other dysfunctional relationships. We hope you enjoy.
1: Hello and welcome to the 99th episode of Till Death Do Us Part.
0: I'm Daniel.
1: And I'm Melissa. Wait. And I'm Melissa. Melissa. Heat warning
0: Warning. Danger, danger danger. It's all I'm getting. It's even popping up on the screen here. Danger Warning.
1: It's hot on the surface of the Sun. I mean Central California.
0: Yeah, wherever. Whichever part of the sun you decide to live on, we happen to live in the Central Valley part of the Sun.
1: Oh goodness gracious. Thank goodness we have a pool.
0: It's fine. I got two big-ass ice chests full of ice right now I'm about to pour into the pool water <laughs> because that's how we condition our pools here. It's not as bad as Phoenix. Phoenix, no. you have to put industrial giant blocks of ice in to lower the temperature from 99 degrees down to a reasonable <laughs> swimming temperature of 90.
1: Didn't <laughs> you just say 90 and 90? 90. 99.
0: 99. What I say? From 99 to 90. That's what I meant. Oh, I thought
1: you said from You know what I 90. meant. From I a higher
0: you know. temperature to a lower temperature. That's what I was trying to get to. <laughs> I'll be all right.
1: Well, at least we have air conditioning. Four
0: more cups of coffee, and I will be just bumbling and stumbling all over my words.
1: Did you just hear what I said? No. I said at least we have air conditioning.
0: Yeah, until the power goes out.
1: Oh, my gosh. Because they're going to have
0: rolling blackouts because there's going to be so much power drawn the- anyway.
1: All right. Well, I hope you all are... Staying cool and comfortable. Yeah, it'll be fine. All right, Daniel, you got some factoids for me?
0: (sighs) I don't know what it is. I'm like, (laughs) hey, uh, you know, what do you want to hear? And you're like, animals, animals. It's always animals.
1: Because those are the ones that people ask for. All the time.
0: You know why? Because animals are innocent.
1: And they're hilarious. Yeah,
0: and they just are whatever they are. There's no, like, drama because they're affected from their childhood and they do (laughs) weird things and whatever. You know what I'm getting at. The point is they were designed to be entertaining for us, which is why I think we're on Earth. is simply just to observe the entertainment factor of animals. I like it. Wouldn't you love to know? What? That's what I got this from. It's love to know. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to start with hippo sweat. Hippopotamus. (laughs) Can't say that if you're hammer drunk. Is blood red. Did you know that?
1: No. No. See? Wouldn't you love to know? Why?
0: If you ever come across a perspiring hippopotamus, what's a hippopotami? Is that one hippopotamus? If you have more than one, is well, never mind. You might be in for a fright. These animals get hot just like the rest of us, but their sweat is not only thicker, it is also a crimson red color. What? Don't be alarmed. (laughs) I know you were, but don't. This is actually a chemical reaction. The sweat comes out clear, but once it's exposed to air, it only takes a minute or so for it to turn a ghastly color. Interestingly, their sweat serves as a natural type of sunscreen. So there you go.
1: All right. Well, that's like our blood isn't red. It's actually blue. And once it's oxidized, then it turns red.
0: There you go. All right. So there's a clear. Fun facts from Melissa. You should do this.
1: <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> I should tell a story. You should do the factoids.
1: Uh,
0: Boy, we would shrink from 11 to. Seven. Two. And it would be ourselves listening to ourselves. Uh, Okay, go. This is yummy. You can determine the age of a whale by its earwax.
1: They don't have ears.
0: Well, how do they hear? I thought they can hear like 150 miles away or something like that.
1: I'm just teasing. I don't know. earwax.
0: Okay, so smart people called scientists note that if you slice a whale earplug lengthwise, which doesn't make any sense, why would you be cutting up a whale's (laughs) earplug? It will reveal alternating light and dark layers, like, I guess like a tree? Yeah. The lighter shades are associated with feeding periods, while the darker shades coincide with periods of migration. Scientists have been using this whale aging technique since the 1950s. That's how I figure out how old I am. I look at my earwax. Oh, look, this was when we were migrating.
1: <laughs> to Bakersfield.
0: And then this earwax was when you were on your period.
1: Oh, geez. What did they
0: say? They said, uh... yeah, oh, feeding periods. Never mind, different. That's different. Well, you know what I meant.
1: No, I didn't. I didn't know what you meant.
0: Feeding periods. Yeah. So during our feeding periods.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: A crab's taste buds are on their feet. (laughs) All right. Should I even read about it or is that pretty much self-explanatory? I
1: think that's self-explanatory.
0: Oh, they can also taste with their mouth parts. (laughs) I like that. I should refer to your mouth as your mouth part.
1: <laughs> oh, Lord. But they can
0: taste things through their feet. Okay, fair enough.
1: I feel like this episode's just going to be a crap show.
0: <laughs> In it's, the best way. No, no, it's fine. The duck-billed platypus, <laughs> which incidentally is my favorite duck of all the ducks, doesn't have nipples. <laughs> nope, no nipples. Which... <laughs> You would think, like, how is it your favorite if it doesn't have nipples? I'm dying. I'm but dying. do wait till you hear. Oh. How do they feed their young without <laughs> nipples? Thank you for asking. Uh, duck-billed platypuses <laughs> sweat out their milk and the babies lick it off of their skin. <laughs> no. That's what it no. says right here. I promise I'm reading it verbatim off of the Google box.
1: (laughs) They sweat out milk.
0: They don't have nipples. (gasps) They sweat out their milk and the baby (laughs) platypuses um, lick it off of their skin.
1: I get it. I'm just...
0: It's kind of amazing.
1: That's a great party trick.
0: And they're the only one of... The only few mammals that lay eggs, but they're still considered a mammal.
1: Because they feed their children with milk. Right. But just not from their nips.
0: And they swim with their eyes closed. These are goofy. That's why I like them. (laughs) I I feel like I can relate. No nipples. I mean, it's, yeah, it's good times right there. All right. This is going to be your favorite. It's (laughs) certainly mine. The proboscis monkey, and I might be saying that wrong, and if I am, I don't care. (laughs) The proboscis monkey has a permanent erection. (laughs) So, first off, I'm looking at a picture of this poor creature, and he has a very penile-shaped nose. (laughs) So, there's that. Oh, Um, jeez. The proboscis monkey is famous for having a perpetual erection. And just in case his everlasting excitement wasn't noticeable enough, their penises are bright red in color.
1: Oh gosh!
0: Scientists don't exactly know why this is, but it certainly is a bizarre animal fact. Well, I'll tell you why, because then you can see it
1: in the dark anywhere.
0: It kind of takes all the guesswork out of it, though, because then he's always he's ready. Like, do you want to? Yes, I do.
1: I feel really bad for them. Actually, I feel really bad for the females. <laughs> it,
0: I'm not going to turn this back on myself, of course. If a person, I mean, just all the time, God, I don't know.
1: I've seen those documentaries.
0: Yeah. I don't know. That
1: is not a life, I'll no, tell you.
0: No, especially if you're called penis face all the time <laughs> because of your big nose.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, Daniel. Oh, oh, boy.
0: But that's not my fault. I didn't invent these. <laughs> Do you know what they call a bunch of sharks that stick together? No. A shiver of sharks.
1: Yeah, it caused me to shiver for sure.
0: They say groups of these fanged fish are called shivers. Along with a pan See, I think people are just making stuff up. A pandemonium of parrots... A flamboyance of flamingos, (laughs) a a quiver of cobras, a conspiracy of lemurs, yeah, and a prickle of porcupines.
1: (laughs) Well, of course, that's awesome. Who gets to make that up?
0: If they stack themselves together, they'd look like a cactus plant—a
1: bunch of little pricks.
0: Yeah, (laughs) kind of like that poor monkey snails love beer
1: okay who came up with that
0: okay but the, it's like the dogs that drink beer well someone had to try it so someone was like god i'm tired of all these snails i wonder if i can get them drunk
1: yeah but the whole dogs drinking beer that's animal cruelty it kind of that's is. not okay snails and beer
0: i we mean that's care. funny
1: as long as you're not pouring salt on them
0: you're not supposed to do that
1: no well
0: how else are you supposed to get them to shrivel <laughs> up and go away
1: I don't know. We don't have snails here in Bakersfield.
0: We do. They're just not at our house. (laughs) It's too hot. They get like, you know, six inches in a day and they're dead. Yeah. They make it. This is interesting. Rodents cannot vomit. What? Yeah. Why? Rodents of all kinds, like rats, squirrels, gophers, and even beavers. Oh, you don't want a puking beaver. (laughs) Do not have the ability to regurgitate. Huh. Um, super smart folk attribute this to a lack of the neurological circuits required to upchuck one's lunch to a weak diaphragm. Huh. And they say, unfortunately for them, that is why rat poison is so effective because they can't throw it up. Whereas oh, if we duh. ate rat poison, we'd throw up. If the dog ate rat poison, they'd throw up.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
0: So they eat it and just, <laughs> and they're done, and they're dead. <laughs> That's unfortunate, isn't it?
1: That's very unfortunate for those vermin. Did
0: you know that polar bears are actually black? Yes. I think I've read this before. I probably shouldn't read it again because no one wants to hear something twice.
1: Well, you never know.
0: Their skin is black and their fur is actually translucent. So it takes on like whatever's around it. They said they only appear to have snowy color because the hair reflects the visible wavelengths of light in the atmosphere.
1: That's why polar bears who are in captivity usually look kind of yellowish.
0: Yeah, they look very dirty. Mm -hmm. This is why some photos make these cold weather creatures appear green, orange, and even yellow. The reasons for these monochromatic colors are actually quite simple. Their white exterior helps them stay camouflaged in the icy environments they live in, and the black skin helps them stay warm. There you go. All right. We might have to end on this one because... Again, it's another duck. (laughs) Okay. Duck reproductive organs resemble a corkscrew.
1: Yes, you've said that one before.
0: Did I include the fact that ducks, unbeknownst to them, entered the Guinness Guinness Book of World Records and won?
1: No. What did they win?
0: Longest male appendage. (laughs) For an avian,
1: oh, not okay. to be
0: confused with the Bottle Water Company.
1: That's avian.
0: Oh, okay. That's different. <laughs> I should start a, uh, a water bottling company called Avian and just has a picture of like an, a duck or a bird on the front of it.
1: A duck's dong.
0: Oh, that's too much.
1: Oh, all right. Stop there. It says the,
0: for example, the Argentine Lake Drake, which I'm assuming is a duck, holds the Guinness World Record for the longest avian reproductive organ measuring 16.7 inches long.
1: Whoa.
0: That's pretty long for the duck, right?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a pretty lot long of, for m- that's, mammals. That's
0: a lot that's a lot there.
1: <laughs> that's a lot to take in.
0: Good lo- no kidding, <laughs> right? Literally. Literally.
1: Oh. I didn't mean for that to
0: sound You started it. <laughs>
1: That was a Freudian slip. I apologize.
0: It happens. (laughs) There's also the opposite of that. You know what that is?
1: Oh, just the tip?
0: The Freudian slip out, (laughs) which in this case for this duck would never happen. It just, nope, nope, wouldn't happen. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: He could fly away. It'd still be in there. That's it. That's all I got.
1: All right. Well, thank you for your fabulous factoids. Got me going for sure, babe. You asked. I did. Actually, no, they asked.
0: Okay, you guys asked. (laughs) Gals, there's no guys listening, they've already... There
1: is! What the hell is this? All right, thanks. Mm -hmm. Hey, Paranormies, I'm Brittany. And I'm Alexa. And we're the hosts of They Don't Stay Dead. We're a paranormal podcast from Australia and we've made it our mission to share with you all the real-life ghost stories and haunted locations from our home, as well as encounters with supernatural beings and reports of unknown mysteries. From haunted asylums and ghost ships to big cat cryptids and alien encounters, there's something for everyone. We release new episodes every Thursday and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out our Instagram at they don't stay dead for weekly updates. We get a little bit spooky and a lot silly. So join us for some laughs and a tale of the unknown. Stay spooky, paranormies. Daniel. What's <laughs> You ready for my case? Sure. All right. This is the case of Bill and Pearl Bruns. Cool. On September 28th, 1991, on a hiking trail on the Appalachian Mountains in the beautiful state of New Hampshire, a blood-splattered pocketbook was found poking out from underneath the brush. Inside was a wallet, cash, and jewelry. In the wallet was a driver's license belonging to a woman by the name of Pearl Bruns. She was a resident of the small waterfront town of Portland, Maine. 200 miles northeast of where the purse had been found. Local officers contacted the Cumberland County Police and soon discovered that 48-year-old Pearl had not been seen or heard from in the last six weeks. Pearl's only daughter, Elaine Woodward, had reported her missing on August 13, 1991, when she failed to show up for a family gathering that she had been looking forward to attending. Pearl's husband of five years, 61-year-old Bill Bruns, was questioned by local police. He said that on the night of August 11th, he and Pearl had gotten into one of their arguments, fighting about money and Pearl's drinking. Bill got frustrated and left to get Chinese food. When he returned a couple hours later, Pearl was gone. Thinking Pearl had gone to get a drink at the local VFW... Bill was not concerned. When asked why he hadn't reported his wife missing after she failed to return home after 48 hours, Bill told the detective that Pearl had been known to leave without notice and stay with family and friends, always returning without incident a few days later. Bill also told the officers that Pearl might have run off with another man.
0: It happens.
1: Investigators searched the home, including the garage, and inside the garage, they found Pearl's most prized possession. A Pearl. Her beautiful black Cadillac. Oh, okay. With a vanity plate that read, Pearl-B. Her? According to everyone who knew Pearl, she loved that car and would never have gone anywhere without it.
0: Oh, if I had a black Cadillac, I wouldn't go anywhere without it either. I feel that. I'd change the plate, though. I wouldn't say Pearl B.
1: What would you put as your vanity plate?
0: Pearl C. <laughs> we got to be different. You can't have the same one. Change, oh, ch- the things that
1: come out of your mouth, sir. Mm. It doesn't say what
0: year it is, though. What year, Cadillac? Because there's some unfortunate years. Um,
1: I think it was just a couple years old. Okay. Yeah, I didn't look nice. very closely into the Cadillac. Sorry. In Pearl's bedroom, officers found a partially packed suitcase on the bed. Taking a closer look at the suitcase, they saw blood, high velocity blood spatter, low velocity spatter, and a blood smear to be exact.
0: So, a hard spray and a trickle spray,
1: (laughs) right? And a smear. And a smear. Do you know that we all say splatter? But it's really spatter. It's blood spatter. Damn it. I know. We've been effing up this whole Well, because time. we
0: attribute splat to something that has fallen and it lands and goes splat. So then what you describe that result as is a splatter right. effect. But yep. it wouldn't be. It would be a spatter. Can we just keep it the same?
1: I know. Spat I learned it, it on splat. FOFI, forensic files, that we've all been saying it wrong. So:
0: But then a, a fight between two people or a quarrel could also be a spat. <laughs>
1: True.
0: So then they're, they're, those are different words, right? There's a splat and a spat and a splatter and a spatter and a split.
1: I know Jesus Okay, there's your okay. English lesson for the day. Quit. 11 listeners. So the spatter was the kind consistent with an extreme blow to the head, cast off from a weapon and or a struggle. One of the detectives also located traces of blood on the bedroom wall, down the main hallway, the bathroom, in the kitchen, and leading outside the back door into the cellar.
0: Okay, can I ask real quick? Yes. So this guy says he doesn't know where she went and it's normal and everything's fine. Yes. They search his house and there's all this blood and all this stuff. Yes. He's suggesting that that's normal, that there's blood everywhere, and that he has no idea where she is, even though there's blood all over the house?
1: Yep. Okay. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You never know what you're going to find on people's walls.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe he likes to, um, I don't know. Decorate
1: with blood spatter. Uh, Who knows? Small drops of blood were found going down the wooden cellar stairs. After following the blood trail, the detective was standing in a dirt floor cellar and staring at an area that was 38 feet by 25 feet. And one particular area of the ground looked like it had been recently disturbed. More officers arrived with shovels and began to dig. Can you guess what they found?
0: I'm assuming it's going to end up being like the Burbs. (laughs) Right?
1: Well, this particular time, they found nothing. Right. That's
0: what happened in the birds. That, that they what didn't find the anything. That's right. At first.
1: Well, there was nothing there. Oh, boy. So, where had the blood come from? And where was Pearl?
0: Those are valid questions.
1: Had she run off with another man? Yes. Had she been attacked by a stranger at her home and taken to another location?
0: Most definitely.
1: Or did her husband, Bill, know more than he was letting on? That's it. <laughs> bill and pearl were married in the summer of 1986 the couple had met while drinking at the vfw
0: that is pretty much where you're you are going to meet the love of your life
1: that's where i'm gonna meet my next husband yeah absolutely drinking at the
0: vfw because you'll be like you know 98 years old at the time i'm, marrying that's when for I'm dying
1: i'm definitely gonna marry for that retirement
0: Yeah, I'm shooting for 98, 99, 100, somewhere around there to die. So that, you know, about 98 would be a good age for you to start looking just to prepare.
1: Okay, I'll do that.
0: At the VFW. I
1: think we talked about this in the last episode. We did.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. All right. Bill was married to his third wife when he met and started dating Pearl. And Pearl had just ended her fifth marriage.
0: Okay. All right. (laughs) <laughs> I'm thinking three should be it. If you haven't, if you haven't figured it out by three, I think you should just stay unmarried. Yeah, just, just have maybe,
1: companions.
0: Whatever. Yeah, and even if you go, well, what if three people die? Well, then you're not very lucky to be around. So don't <laughs> marry anyone. Right? Oh I mean, either God. way, it should stop at three. Five? <laughs> Five? How do you? Okay.
1: Bill and Pearl were both unlucky in love, but finally felt like they had met their person. South Portland sat on the Casco Bay, which is an inlet into the Atlantic Ocean. This area was a major fishing epicenter. Bill was a truck driver, and he hauled fresh fish. Say that five times fast. He hauled fresh fish from Maine all the way up to Montreal every week. Pearl worked as a fish packer and boxed crates of fish for shipment all over the country. It was very hard work for Pearl with very little pay. Every night, Pearl would go to the bar near the docks and have a drink or two, and Bill would join her if he was in town. The couple seemed like a good match at first and had fun with each other. On the days Bill was in town, the couple would meet for lunch at the local diner right on the docks. So their whole entire life kind of consisted of work and their town and kind of hanging out at the VFW.
0: And smelling like fish.
1: And I'm sure they smelled like fish.
0: They yes. have that in common. They'd be like, hey, do you smell that? And they'd be like, nope, all I smell is fish. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> fish. Fish.
1: Both Bill and Pearl were heavy drinkers, and after a couple years into their marriage, the relationship began to suffer, and loud and sometimes physical arguments ensued. Things were not good in the Bruns home. Once Pearl was declared a missing person, tips from local residents began coming into the police station. One man said that he believed he had seen Pearl walking alone on the docks late one night. A few of Pearl's friends told the detective that Pearl had been spending a lot of time at the bar in the days leading up to her disappearance. Pearl had been telling people that she and Bill had been fighting about money lately. Even saying to a friend that, quote unquote, there's one thing I want you to know. If anything should ever happen to me, tell them Bill did it. With no solid evidence, Pearl's missing person case went cold.
0: Well, I tell everybody if anything ever happens to me, Melissa did it. <laughs> Just to be on the safe side.
1: Because it'll and, probably be me.
0: And to make it easier on the investigation.
1: Absolutely. Like, I don't want them
0: going off in different directions.
1: No. Just straight to the, yeah. They're already busy enough.
0: Straight to the source.
1: Then a month and a half later, in a different state, Pearl's bloodied purse was found on a hiking trail in the Appalachian Mountains. Pearl's missing person case was now classified as a possible homicide.
0: Could they test the blood that's all over his house?
1: Yes, but even if it is hers, she was a resident of that house. She did live in that house. Yeah, but... She could have had really bad nosebleeds. All over the everything? Yeah. That's terrible.
0: Yeah. I got a little tiny cut on my finger and got lightheaded. I can't imagine how she'd feel losing that much blood all over the place. But see, women are better at it than guys. We are. are. You're better at bleeding. We you're see professional, blood a lot. You're professional bleeders. <laughs> Men aren't. Men get tiny oh little God. bit out done.
1: Oh boy. Cumberland County detectives headed back over to Bill and Pearl's home with a search warrant. As soon as the investigators walked into the home, one of the detectives noticed that Bill had gotten new carpet throughout the house. When Bill was confronted, he told them that, no, it's the same carpet. Did you get it cleaned? He was asked. No, I sprinkled it with some of that carpet refresher and vacuumed it.
0: Oh, so it's like a uh, professional brand new carpet in a can kind of stuff.
1: Right. But to the detective, it was way too clean. A neighbor did come forward and tell the investigators that a few days after Pearl had been reported missing, Bill was seen struggling to get one of those big-ass rented carpet cleaners into his home through the front door.
0: So did he clean it or replace it? He
1: cleaned it, but he cleaned it with a big carpet cleaner, not carpet in a can.
0: Yeah, but stuff. So
1: he lied. That's what I'm getting at.
0: Stuff soaks through the carpet into the pad and everything underneath.
1: No, it does. The carpet cleaner is not going to get that out. So why lie? Why did Bill lie? What was he hiding?
0: I don't know. You want me <laughs> to guess?
1: <laughs> he's That's the hiding,
0: question. He's hiding evidence. <laughs> I don't know.
1: A cadaver dog was brought in to sniff out the home. The dog headed straight outside to the cellar door and down the stairs into the dark and dingy, unfinished cellar. The cadaver dog followed its nose and circled the basement a few times and laid down near the entrance to a crawl space. Armed with shovels, the investigators began digging in the area the dog had indicated, but nothing was found, just earth.
0: Isn't that weird? So the dog smells where at least it used to be.
1: That's good. The,
0: the remnants of a cadaver.
1: Maybe. Well, I mean, that's Allegedly. the dog's job.
0: If he's doing his job right.
1: So where was Pearl? If they kept going into this basement and digging and she's not there, where is she?
0: In a shallow grave out in the woods.
1: The detectives in charge knew from experience that Bill had done something. They just needed proof. But how? How? How were they going to get this proof? They knew that blood splatter was found high up on some of the walls and on the ceilings and in smaller areas of the bathroom and kitchen, places that maybe weren't seen or easily cleaned. It was time to bring in the big guns. It was time for the luminol. Well, yeah. Dun, dun, dun.
0: That's how you're supposed to start now, at least in the movies.
1: Well, do you remember what luminol is and what it's used for?
0: Yeah. It causes, it reacts with the blood and
1: oh, you're creates so smart.
0: A, a luminescence <laughs> of effect.
1: Forensic um, investigators use the liquid to detect trace amounts of blood at crime scenes. It reacts with the iron in the hemoglobin. When sprayed in an area, trace amounts of an activating oxidant, such as blood, make the luminol glow in a darkened room the glow can last up to 30 minutes and can be documented photographically the magic solution was sprayed all over the main areas on the walls on the carpet the linoleum and in the cellar
0: crime scene investigators seem to ha- must have 55 gallon drums of luminol in order to combat stuff like this that must just be all over the place
1: oh i'm sure
0: there's buckets of it
1: I don't think it's buckets. I think you mix it. Like you make it yourself. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Can
0: we order that from Amazon?
1: Probably. can order anything on Amazon. Even poison to kill your husband. I don't know just if you saying. really
0: want it though. No. You go into the Motel 6. And you could you... just
1: use a black light.
0: Oh, you don't want to do that either? No,
1: don't do that.
0: Not in the Motel 3s. Those are half as good as the Motel 6.
1: <laughs> well, every area that was sprayed lit up like a freaking Christmas tree. Wow. Large amounts of blood spatter and cast-off were found in Pearl's bedroom and down the hallway. They kept referring to it as Pearl's bedroom, so I'm thinking that these two did not share a room. I'm thinking it had gotten to that point. Probably. Okay. There were bloody footprints leading down the hall towards the bathroom. A section of the carpet near the kitchen had a large stain. And the linoleum had a large spot as well.
0: She is not doing well, no, assuming no, no. this all came from her.
1: And the wooden steps leading down into the cellar were covered with glowing blood stains.
0: Oh, God.
1: Also found was a stain at the very bottom of the stairs in the dirt. It was a four foot diameter stain in the shape of a body, and it was the same height as Pearl. Now, I'll post these photos because they are very eerie. Yeah. It's horrific to think of what somebody went through in the final moments of their life.
0: So are you thinking that she was placed down there? Because I don't think she'd be able to move under her own power at that point.
1: I'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. I'm just thinking like all this blood loss. There's no way that she's, you know. Conscious. Running around.
1: Right. All of the blood had been hastily cleaned up. And cleaned up well enough that it was not noticeable to the naked eye, but it was noticeable with the luminol.
0: Hasn't this guy ever watched Dexter?
1: Probably not. You gotta
0: set the scene up. You can't. You gotta put the plastics and the stuff and the duct tape. Not if it's a
1: crime of passion. (sighs) Not if you're not thinking you were gonna do it beforehand. Boy, Bill was finally taken down to the police station for an official interview. Investigators confronted him with all the blood evidence they had just found. Bill denied everything and maintained his innocence. Bill said he believed that Pearl had run off with an ex-husband. That was it. That was final. Bill also refused to take a lie detector test. Without a body, without a confession, Bill was able to go home.
0: Which just goes to show, don't confess... Don't take a lie detector test, <laughs> and even if there's a pile of bodies in your house, don't go. I don't. I have no idea. Well, how I I do you know explain how it. they got I, there? I, I, I don't know. I didn't put them there,
1: sir. Well, they didn't feel like they had enough evidence to keep him or to even take it to trial.
0: It's not illegal to spray blood all over in your own house, is it?
1: No, nope, it's not. But if your wife is missing and there's blood all over the house. That's a little suspicious. It's not good. Just saying. No. For the next nine months, detectives searched for answers to what Bill could have done with Pearl. They knew he had done something with her. Did he dump her body at sea? Bill was friends with many fishermen. Could they have lent him their boat or helped him dispose of Pearl? Bill drove a refrigerated truck every week. Transferring frozen fish up to Canada, did he pull the truck off the side of the road and dump Pearl in a dense area of the Appalachian Mountains? Finally, 13 months after Pearl's disappearance, a new forensic tool was available, a ground-penetrating radar machine. The unit is normally used to locate large metal objects in open fields. The machine uses high-frequency radio waves to locate any underground anomaly in a certain area. If an object absorbs the radio waves, it leaves a void in the machine's recording. It's called a whiteout. Huh. On September 11, 1992, the cellar was searched using the radar. After some time, a large void was discovered on the reading. Something had absorbed the energy, and the radio waves failed to bounce back. The cellar floor was once again excavated, and within minutes, an investigator's shovel hit an object only two feet down. What? I thought they
0: dug it all up.
1: They dug in certain areas.
0: Uh,
1: They didn't dig the entire thing up. He
0: had to have just been sitting there sweating when they initially started searching the cellar area.
1: Well, he wasn't home. They had a warrant so they could go okay. into the home without him being there. He was at work.
0: I would be sitting there scratching my head going, how the hell didn't they find it? <laughs> right?
1: You mean like the first couple times? Yeah. like yeah. You know
0: that Well, when they presented the fact that they found all this blood in his house, he'd be like, uh, and you didn't find anything?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I think I'd be digging that thing up and getting rid of it.
1: Okay. All right. Well, Okay, sorry, there, Go uh, ahead. We're going, okay. So what was hit was the wrapped head of Pearl Brun's. Her body was encased in two large black garbage bags bound with tape and rope. She had been buried in the cellar for over a year. Uh. Pearl was still wearing the clothes she was last seen in, including her tennis shoes with pink shoelaces. On the decomposed body was a watch with the name Pearl Brun's, engraved into the watch's face. Around 6 p.m., after identifying the body as that of 48-year-old Pearl, detectives made their way up the cellar stairs and into the home Pearl shared with her husband, Bill. Sitting at the kitchen table was Bill, eating his dinner, a plate of spaghetti. He was told he needed to go with the officers. Why? Bill asked. You're under arrest, Bill. For what? asked Bill. Murder, Bill. Murder, said Bill. That's a pretty strong word. Bill, that's a pretty strong smell. Oh. Yeah. Once they opened it up, it just permeated throughout the home, outside. It was awful. Talk about a fish smell. What a weirdo. A decomposing body smell, completely different. Bill then asked if he could finish eating his spaghetti before they took him away. Would
0: you want to finish eating your spaghetti? No. Once you know they dug up your your wife's body.
1: Uh, actually, well, he was thinking it was his last. Meeting. Yeah, I was gonna probably. say. Actually,
0: you know what? Hundred percent. Especially mm-hmm. if it's good spaghetti.
1: Yeah, it was probably leftover spaghetti, which is even better.
0: Like homemade Italian meatballs. Probably.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm starving now. Well, he was unable to finish his meal, no. and they took him away in handcuffs. Pearl had three fractures to the left side of her head and face, but the skin was not torn, which was an indication that Pearl had been struck with a fist, not a hard object. It is thought that she bled to death on the floor in the home. Investigators believe that on the night of August 11th, Bill and Pearl were having another heated argument about money. Pearl went into her room and began packing her suitcase. Bill barged in and continued the argument. It quickly escalated. Bill punched Pearl in the side of the head and face three times. From the photos of the crime scene, after using the luminol, it looks like Pearl bled out in two different areas on the carpet near the linoleum, and then in an area on the linoleum in the kitchen. So she had been moved twice. Wow. And this is what I gathered looking at the photos. I was trying to study the photos as much as I could, so that's what I got. It is then believed that Bill watched Pearl bleed out and then wrapped her body in the black trash bags and dragged her outside and into the cellar. He then pulled Pearl down the wooden stairs and buried her. Bill then disposed of Pearl's purse on the hiking trail 200 miles away while he was on his weekly run to and from Montreal.
0: So I guess in his mind, he was doing that to kind of throw them off the scent, so to speak. All right.
1: Nobody knows for certain if he did this on purpose, but he actually left her purse in an area that a hiker was murdered a year before. Oh wow. And that case has never been solved. So they were thinking, oh, maybe Pearl was abducted by a serial killer and uh-huh. left in the same spot. Because that's where her purse was, but they couldn't find a, they couldn't find her body in that area. So they don't know if he purposely went to the specific area to leave her purse. So it would make people think that there was a serial killer in that area, 200 miles away. Or maybe there is a serial killer and his name's Bill. (laughs) Maybe. Like maybe he's responsible for the other disappearance,
0: right? Or the other.
1: I didn't even think of that.
0: That's what I'm thinking. Because then he brought her back to his favorite spot.
1: Well, a part of her, her purse.
0: He brought something of her back to his spot.
1: Right. But wouldn't he have just dug Pearl up? And put her in his truck and then taken her to that area so it looked like there was a serial killer in that area? I don't. I know. I don't know how crazy people work. Bill was quickly charged with the first-degree murder of his wife, Pearl Bruns. In 1994, Bill pled guilty to manslaughter and was sentenced to 15 years in prison. This a-hole was out after serving only nine years. How do you only get 15 years in prison? Because he pled out Ugh. to manslaughter and he never told anybody what actually happened. He just was like, Yeah, I did it. And then served nine years and then was like, All right, peace out. Bye. That's it. That's it. I
0: feel like that is not enough.
1: Uh, no, it's not at all. And he died in 2022 at the ripe old age of 90. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: That's not fair. No, it's not. There's really, really awesome, good people that only make it to 75.
1: And he got to make it to 90.
0: And this steaming... I hope he was wearing
1: a diaper at the oh, end of it. Oh,
0: gosh, yeah. I just wish the worst on him.
1: Seriously. Now, here's some of my thoughts on this case. There was a lot of blood in that house and in the cellar. I don't think she was wrapped in the trash bags in the house. I think he dragged her body out of the house and down the cellar stairs, then wrapped her body in the two trash bags. Because black trash bags are usually designed with a thicker mill and are more durable. So would there still be blood all over the cellar stairs and on the dirt if she was already wrapped in two heavy-duty trash bags?
0: No, because most floors are fairly smooth. So unless he's dragging her through like gravel, which would then, of course, pierce the bags and then stuff would start leaking out. But if he's double wrapped her in bags and then slid her down, I don't think it would leave a trail.
1: I don't think so either. No. Unless there was already blood on the outside of the bag, but that wouldn't leave as much (sighs) blood that was found on those cellar stairs and the picture of the body in luminol, the body stain in luminol.
0: Yeah, because wouldn't you? Well, I'm not. I don't know what we, we wouldn't do it, obviously. But okay, we'll we'll play devil's advocate here. Let's say we were going to do what he did. Wouldn't you like dig the hole, get it all prepped, then transport her body all wrapped up, and make sure nothing popped open, then bury her so that there is no trail? I mean, he went right. through all that trouble, so I think he drug her down, dug the hole, wrapped her up, threw her in the hole, covered her up, and went. Uh, nothing to see
1: here. I mean, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme no, of things, it doesn't. but yeah. I just to me that was the first thing I thought was how is there so much blood in the cellar if he had wrapped her already in those two trash bags?
0: No, she was she was being drugged oh. without anything. I think left just left stuff everywhere
1: in order to die from blood loss, depending on how healthy of an individual you are, Usually you will need to lose one half to two thirds your body's amount of blood. And there was a lot of blood in that house. So they have convicted people of murder based on blood evidence found in the house without a body because there was so much blood evidence in the house that nobody could have lived through losing that much blood.
0: So they can estimate how much blood has been lost based on what the trail of it
1: So I think they would have eventually gotten him, even if there wasn't a body, because of all of the blood that they found in that house. Wow. I also think that Bill moved Pearl's body at least twice. The first time the detective went into the cellar, she noticed an area of disturbed dirt. That was excavated and nothing was found. A few weeks later, the cadaver dog laid down in a specific location in the cellar. That area was excavated and nothing was found. It wasn't until the ground penetrating radar machine was brought in and the entire cellar was analyzed that they found Pearl. So I do think he moved her body a couple times. That's just my opinion.
0: He dug her up, possibly. Possibly. Then reburied her
1: into then- better places he thought were better spots in the cellar.
0: Yeah. Why would you bury her in your
1: own cellar? I don't know. That's just weird. He made those runs up to Canada every single week. I don't know why he just didn't bury her on the side of the road. I mean, I'm glad he didn't. Well, I'm yeah, glad yeah. I'm glad she was found. But Man. I mean, what an idiot. Poor Pearl, you guys. And that idiot lived That's to be so 90? Sad. Yeah, God. I know. I know. I did read that a cadaver dog would have had a hard time finding Pearl since she was encased in two heavy trash bags. The cadaver dog might have found the remnants of when she was buried in that particular area, but had a hard time actually finding her body because she was encased in those two trash bags and couldn't smell it.
0: And they didn't reference that she had dirt on her. So that means the whole time she was buried, she was always wrapped up. She like always he, wrapped up. Yeah, he didn't bury her unwrapped.
1: Right. And I saw the autopsy photos of Pearl. And for being in the dirt, wrapped up under a house, she actually looked okay. <sighs> That's so stupid to yeah. say. Oh, no, I but get she's it. But she wasn't as decomposed as I would have thought she would have been. So it's yeah. not like they could have had an open casket. It wasn't anything like that. But they could no. tell that it was her. Right. Uh, I just feel so bad for her daughter. Her daughter knew that Bill had hurt Pearl, knew it. And they just couldn't find her for the longest time. Just so sad. And then rumors going through town and Bill spreading rumors about her having an affair or leaving him for another man. And I'm sure her daughter's like, no, she wouldn't do that. She wouldn't just leave without telling her daughter first and taking her Cadillac with her. Those were her two things that she never would have left without.
0: She probably did say, "I'm leaving you." Yeah,
1: I think she did.
0: You giant piece of crap.
1: Absolutely, I think she was done with him.
0: So then he's like, "Ah,
1: rah, yeah," and
0: then hit her and just went nuts.
1: Or they were just done with each other, actually. Okay, then leave her. No, I, no, I, that, I know no, that's I, what I'm saying. I think they, their, I think their relationship had come to an end, and for some reason, he just like lost it. On Mm -hmm. her. All right, fun fact. You ready for a fun fact? Yes. The pathologist that was doing Pearl's post-mortem report discovered that she was dying from terminal cancer. It is believed that she had less than six months to live.
0: No way. Yes. Well, that's a twist. I thought that was interesting. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Well. uh... Not, I mean, meaning. (sighs) Okay, I'm assuming she was going to live to be 100, right? So he right. took her life. Right. And so she would have died anyway. But
1: I know, but dying from terminal cancer and being beaten to death, I mean, those are on two different ends of the spectrum, right? I mean, she didn't get to say goodbye to her daughter. Right. Her daughter didn't get to say goodbye to her. It's awful. It's uh, just horrible. But I mean, that horrible. it actually is
0: awful because that I means not only was she dying of cancer, she got killed before she could die of cancer.
1: Oh, I know. Poor Pearl. Another fun fact Uh, Pearl's most prized possession, her black Cadillac, was sold to pay for Bill's defense attorney.
0: Stop. Oh, that just, oh my gosh. That just puts the poop on the cake.
1: Bill, I hope you're rotten. Well, he died. Rotting wherever you are. (laughs) What a jerk. He could have at least given her Cadillac to her daughter.
0: No, because he's innocent. He didn't do it.
1: Well, he, he doesn't did know do how it. the
0: blood got there.
1: <laughs> well, he did admit to doing it, yeah, but so he how... didn't explain it. I know. So how was he able to sell off her things because to pay for his defense?
0: Because technically, it's his.
1: Ugh, it's so gross. It wasn't,
0: unless there was a will that says, "Hey, in the event of my mysterious death, I bequeath my black Cadillac to my daughter, or whatever, mm. to the neighbor."
1: Well. All right, Daniel, what did you think of my case?
0: Another sad realization that right before you're ready to kill each other, you should get divorced. That's it.
1: Yeah.
0: Or just leave.
1: Just leave. Just
0: get in your Cadillac and drive away.
1: It's not worth it.
0: Don't tell somebody who is violent that you are going to leave them. Don't do it. Fake it and then leave. Yeah, I think we can work this out. <laughs> drive off.
1: That's true. That's the hardest time in any relationship is when somebody is going to leave. That's when people get crazy.
0: If there's a history of violence when provoked, right? When people get mad and their response to that, say with alcohol, whatever, they get worked up and they start hitting. mm. You have to know that if you push them too far, that's what's going to happen and it will escalate as well. There's a screw loose. Yeah. I mean, the physical violence will escalate along with whatever the emotion is that's driving it. So if they're willing to hit over nothing, imagine what they're going to do when they feel cornered or have an ultimatum put up to them. You know what I mean? Like that can't be good. It's just my thought. I don't know.
1: And there are a lot of places that you can call if you are afraid Yeah, it's time to call. Or people don't talk about this enough, but churches. If you go to a local church, they will help you. That is their job. There are whole ministries within these churches that help deal with domestic violence or people who are trying to leave a relationship. And please remember that if you need help, I'm sure there's a million churches in your town. Please go to a church and they will help you.
0: People genuinely want to help people. Yes. And if they see that there is a need, then they want to help you.
1: Absolutely. I'll leave some numbers for domestic violence hotlines. I'll leave those in the show notes for this episode. Yeah. Since we're talking about it a little bit. But once again... Just, I feel horrible for Pearl's family. It sounds like she was a lovely woman and her daughter in the interviews that I saw is just, you know, obviously just devastated. I'm glad they found her. I'm glad they could bury her. I'm glad they have some sort of closure. Nine years is not enough. That man no. deserved to spend the rest of his life in prison. Yeah. Oh, well, I hate ending things like that. I don't know how to end it. So anyway. <laughs> so anyways. Thank you, guys. Let's be cheerful. Yay. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I don't know how to end this, so I'm just going to end it. All right. Be careful.
0: For marriage. Oh, God. It is a life sentence.
1: <laughs> and divorce is always the better option, even if it's your fifth or sixth or seventh time. Divorce is always the better option. Yes. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.